so that we may press forward, Lord, because there is a revival for America right now, Lord. And it will not die with us, Lord. Let it continue. Let it. Oh, hallelujah. May he be lifted up. Allow yourself to be humiliated. He was humiliated on the cross. Allow yourself to be completely humiliated like he was on the cross. Are you willing to take his place? Are you willing to allow him to take your place? Answer the call today. We are not mothers, we are not brothers, we are not sisters, we are not daughters, we are child, children of God, hallelujah. We are ambassadors, do you know what an ambassador does? Do you know what an ambassador has to do? It has to study the country that it is going to, hallelujah. When you are an ambassador... You are from another place and you are implanted into a foreign country and you represent the homeland. Jesus is our homeland and his spirit is our guide. And you are in a foreign country right now. What are you representing? Are you really an ambassador of Christ? And if you are not, what do you have to let go of to become one? He's calling us to discipline, to line some things up for self-containment and self-control. Oh, we praise your mighty name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just tell what the Lord put in your heart. Pray with me. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin today, and um, he was talking about how the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And he was talking about how that love is how we're supposed to treat one another. We use that love to treat each other with the love of God. But then it clicked with me like, that's how God feels about me. <laughs> you know, that's how God feels about us. And I was like, I mean, I know what love is, but I never put it together that that's how God feels about me. <laughs> and I thought that was so awesome. So, And that's what I was thinking about when... Uh, we're seeing good, good father and all the love songs. But so, Lord, I just thank you for bringing us here tonight. Lord, our hearts cry out for more of you, Lord. We don't want to miss not one single thing that you're doing. <laughs> Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We make ourselves available. Lord, we say yes to you. We say, like Nakia said, we want less of us and more of you. Lord, we want people to see you in us. Lord, we, we lay down our life to follow you. Lord, I thank you that your love for us is unconditional. 
Lord, I thank you that, <laughs> that you have good plans for us. Lord, I thank you that, uh, I thank you that you know, you know every need in this place. But Lord, right now we don't care about our needs. All we need is you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God is God is a good God. Amen. Say that. We say God is good. God is good. Amen. He is good, and He's good. We 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 always say He's good all the time, and you know that's not a lie. It's the truth. Amen. He is good, and He's good all the time. So we're thankful for your goodness. I I have something I need to share with you today. I thought we might um, be going a different direction. Typically, this our our Bible study night, and so. Um, I didn't know whether we would have a Bible study or not, or whether we would get in the Word, but uh, um, I'll be honest with you, we're just, uh, we're just trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and I was trying to, uh, was trying to get uh, Hilda and them to not take the youth out, that's what I was, that, yeah, well, I didn't want them to talk until I got it, no, it's too late, that's okay, um, I wanted to plant something in them before they went back there, but uh, that's okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the Lord, the Lord has given me a word for y'all here today. Now, what we would normally, what we were, what we've been talking about on these Wednesday nights, what we have been studying has been uh, the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. We are not going to talk about the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit today. But what we are going to talk about is is what we've been, what we what we've been experiencing here, and now what seems to be. Uh, being experienced abroad, you know, since uh, since last Wednesday, and of course we didn't hear about it last Wednesday. Uh, it wasn't until Thursday that we began to hear about what's happening, not only uh, you know um, there in Kentucky, but all over the seemingly all over the United States. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is moving, Amen. And God is uh, drawing people to Himself, and He's He's um, He's filling people uh, with uh, with a um, a longing with a yearning uh, to seek his face, to get in his presence. Uh, there's a desire for transformation. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12, we're familiar, of course, we're familiar with this passage of scripture that says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we know it's the Lord's desire to transform us. There's also another verse of scripture that in, I believe it's in the, one of the Corinthians that says this, um, it says, I can't remember the address right off the top of my head. But it says that one of the ways that we are changed and transformed is by the glory of God. And now, you know, a lot of times we think of the glory uh, because people, because some people have never experienced uh, God's glory. Uh, they they, they uh, associate God's glory with a feeling or with a manifestation. Uh, for example, some people will say, man, I walked in the building and I saw the glory. And, and I, you know, you ask me, you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I saw the, the place was filled with a cloud. Well, no, what, you didn't see the glory. What you saw was a manifestation of the glory. Yeah. Amen. Right. You know, when we see a healing or, or uh, we see someone receive a supernatural miracle, some people say, man, look, at, look that's the Holy Ghost. No, that's a, that's a manifestation of the Spirit. That's, that's not the Holy Ghost. 
That's just evidence that he's there. That's, that's the man. The, you know what the word manifest means? To, to put on display. So when we see a miracle, that is a display of the Spirit's power. When we see a cloud, that is a display of the glory of God uh, being manifested. Now, so here's, here's what the glory of God is. The glory of God is not a cloud. It's not a fire. It's not a feeling. The glory of God is God in full expression. So, uh, for example, the glory of an acorn is an oak tree. The glory of an acorn is an oak tree. Uh, an acorn in full expression is a full-grown oak tree. That is the glory of an acorn. The glory of a baby is a full-grown man. That's the that's the, so. Uh, when God expresses himself in his fullness, sometimes what ends up manifesting is a cloud or a fire or a feeling. Sometimes, like scripture says, the train, uh, his train fills the temple so much so uh, in, in some places in verses of scripture the, that the Bible says the ministers, the priests couldn't even stand up to do the ministry. Uh, that they were supposed to do for reason of the glory of God, the manifestation of his glory, the demonstration of his full expression. Amen. And so uh, we, we believe that, I, and, and of course we've always believed according to scripture that it's God's desire to reveal his glory in us. In fact, Romans tells us that, um, that, the, that, the, that the sufferings that we've endured aren't worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Amen. So it's always been God's idea to, to manifest and to reveal his glory in us. So, um, but last, I mean, last Wednesday, um, when we gathered together, we had no idea that there were, uh, that the Holy Spirit was working in the same way in other places to do uh, what he, he's been doing in us. And so Shri and I, <laughs> Shri and I, well, y'all are awfully somber here today. But anyway, uh, Shri and I got on the, uh, on the, the book of faith, and uh, we uh, made a video uh, just kind of talking about what everyone has been experiencing. Of course, now uh, lots of people are telling of their experiences uh, with uh, going to some of these places where the Lord is working and where he is drawing people, and people are being obedient uh, to, uh, to yield themselves to him. But here's what, I, here's what I feel like the Lord is wanting me to tell you, is, and, and it's this. Now, I'm getting this question a lot because... I've been in revival ministry for since since 1999. We have been seeing uh, the fires of revival burn uh, in different places in the country where we've gone and held meetings. Sometimes we're in some place for seven months, sometimes ten months. Uh, the, the, in fact, the very last revival that we were at in in, um, in Northwest Ohio, the last extended revival we were in, uh, lasted uh, probably in excess of 50. In excess of 50 weeks, we were there in that area. Uh, salvations, healings, demonstrations of the power of the Spirit. I mean, there was a measure of revival that is being poured out. Now, I think I've told you all this, and, I, and if I haven't, you know, um, here it is. Revival, you know, especially looking at this, because here's the question. Some people are asking me, I'm getting messages, I'm getting texts. Um, I haven't gotten any phone calls. People are stopping short of calling me. I've only had a couple of those. But they're asking me, they're saying, what do you think, Pastor Zig? What's, what, what's going on over there? Is that really revival? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and some people are and some people are getting over there. Folks like Daniel Kalenda, who we saw a video of last night. I think he posted that video yesterday or last night. Daniel Kalenda and some others that are you know uh, prominent people in ministry. Uh, Kaledi Keith was there at the altar uh, praying. He didn't have much to say. In fact, he hasn't come out to say anything. He's just been that there at the altar, just pressing in and uh, along with everybody else. Uh, uh, several people that we know that we're uh, um, that we are familiar with have been in there pressing in, and uh, um, and so all of all of them have something to say. But I will tell you what 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 is not happening over there. What's not happening over there is what all of us have been expecting God to do when it comes to revival, and that is there's not there's not a big manifestation of the. Uh, of the uh, manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Healings are not prominent. Deliverances are not taking place. Uh, people aren't jumping around and shouting and running around the room. People aren't laughing, you know, drunk in the spirit or, or uh, slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. So, you know, from, from the perspective of people that are, you know, that that's, that's their flavor and that's what they've called revival, that's not really what's happening there in that over there in Asbury and in other other places, you know, um, when when we were in Springfield, Ohio, I was there for, we were there for seven months of revival, and right down the street from the church, I mean, not ten minutes away from the church where we were having a revival, was a uh, Bible college, and that is a Baptist Bible college, and that Bible college right now is experiencing the same thing, that 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 is happening over there in Kentucky, and. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember uh, something Creek, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the college, but uh, that, in Springfield. Um, oh, anyhow, uh, now those, those, those folks there in Springfield, man, they tried to get those students to come to that revival we were having, but the revival that we were having was filled with signs and wonders, and, and, and I mean, we had Catholics and Methodists and Presbyterians and Lutherans and people from all, all kinds of uh, denominations. We were on the front page of the newspaper in Springfield, and they weren't condemning what was happening. In fact, the night that the people from the, the, the paper, the people in, uh, that came from the paper in Springfield, Ohio, Tyler was there with me that, just happened to be there with me that night, so he will testify that this is the truth those newspaper people came on a night that we were having an anointing service and that when we have an anointing service we get a bucket and we fill it full of oil and I don't do a little cross I I stick my hands in that but that's the way the Lord told me to do it I stick my hands in that bucket and you're either going to get greasy or you're going to get anointed and that night we had the bucket and I went to laying hands on people, and that was the night the paper came to find out what was going on in this room because everyone was coming from all over and, uh, and that night they had come. Well, there was a photographer and there was a reporter and they were asking people questions. And when, they, when we went out, when we took the service outside to the, <laughs> to the parking lot and to the field next to the church so as not to get oil all over the building, when we took it out, they, they, they wondered what we were doing. We were under the gazebo. They wondered what we were doing. And then when they saw me putting my hands on people, my hands... Uh, covered with oil and people being uh, immersed in anointing oil. Uh, boy, that photographer went to taking pictures, man. 
I, I, could, I could tell it was, it was a, to them, it was a spectacle. And boy, that reporter went to writing stuff down. And I looked one time and the photographer was up on a ladder overlooking the entire area, just taking pictures. And people were slain under the power of the spirit everywhere, all over that, under that gazebo. And um, um, after about an hour or two of, of, of ministering to people, praying for them and anointing them that night, and we probably had uh, four or 500 people under this little gazebo. They were pouring out into the yard. But after praying, you know, for a couple of hours, I went to looking for the reporters, uh, for a reporter and the uh, photographer, and I, I looked at Pastor Jim, and I was like, where's the where's them people from the paper? And he just pointed in a direction, and there lay the cameraman out under the power of God, his camera strewn on the ground, you know. He's just laying there under the power of the Spirit. I, I kept looking around, looking for the, uh, for the lady that was riding it, and there she was with her steno pad laid out under the power of God. And so the next day when the, uh, when the article came out, it wasn't a derogatory article. It wasn't a condemning article. In fact, the headline, it was front page. We were the front page headline of the Springfield, uh, of the Springfield, Ohio newspaper in 2011, in one month in 2011. And the headline read this way, Springfield city of God. And in that article, it said, not since the days of Billy Sunday, has Springfield ever had a visitation of the Holy Spirit like the one there in the, a, a newspaper? In, are y'all hearing this? Oh, yeah. And so this little Baptist, not little Baptist, Baptist, but it's Baptist college down the street. You know, they, they're, they're, the students there would come and God would touch them, but it weren't, there weren't very many of them. And the professors began to tell them, stay away. Stay away from that revival. You're not allowed to go to that revival. They, they, they gave them, they told, they told anyone that came to the revival that they would be uh, disciplined if they, got, if they went to the revival because they weren't allowed to go and to be a part of something that they had tagged as being um, excessive. Well, you know what? Right now, they're experiencing the same thing in that, in that school that condemned what we were doing. They're experiencing the same thing <clears throat> that they're experiencing over there in Kentucky and they're embracing it. And God is moving by his spirit. So some people, they said this to me, they say, well, Pastor Zig, is it revival if we're, I mean, we've been hearing the, the voice of God. We've been hearing prophecies about signs and wonders and demonstrations and, and miracles and baptisms in the Holy Ghost. And that's not what's happening over there. So could it be revival? I mean, it's just a bunch of, you know, people that were plugged up with religion getting together. And here's, here's the testimony, really. The testimony is that people are getting together and what they're doing is they're singing and praying. And, and, you know, contrary to popular belief, you know, I told you yesterday, I read that little thing to you yesterday. Wouldn't you know that today a video came out and people were running to the altar with handfuls of money and throwing their money at the altar. So offerings are being taken. <laughs> In fact, more than they've ever given is being given. And, and so there, there's a lot, there's a lot that's happening that's it's, it's incredible, really, what's happening. And people are, we're finally getting testimonies, seeing testimonies of people that are testifying in that. So here's the question, is it revival? Well, yes, it is. It's revival. You, you know, you might go there and you might experience the presence of God and you might really sense the Holy Ghost in a very powerful way, maybe in a similar way that you're experiencing here, maybe, maybe in a greater measure than what you're experiencing here. But you know, 
what I, what I really believe is that it is revival in the same way that we've had revival. It's revival. Because revival, just like the glory of God, the glory of God at times is demonstrated and released in different measures. You ever been to the swimming pool? And um, I know I go to the swim, I've gone to the swimming pool with my family, with my kids. I don't like to get in the water. I don't know why I don't like to get in the water. Um, I just don't like to, I don't really like to swim. And so I don't like to get in the water. I will if I have to. But you know, I've been at the pool where all I got was splashed. Well, did I get wet? Yeah, but I just got a splash. There have been times where I went to the pool and all that got wet was my feet. Did I get wet? Well, yeah, but not in the same measure that my kids or my wife did. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so there are, great, there are different measures of the, of, the, uh, of the demonstration of God's Spirit. There are different measures uh, of revival and uh, different measures of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, different measures at which we see this. And so what's happening there, we have to be careful not to try, you know, to not not to try to put our definition of revival on anything that God is doing to bring people to their knees and to His altar uh, for transformation. Oh, yeah. Amen. But I will I will tell you this because this is what the Holy Spirit told me. What He's doing right now is only in preparation for the revival. What we're experiencing now is a revival. But there is something that I will call the revival. And that is that great awakening and that last great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That we have all been anticipating and believing for and looking for God to do. Am I the only one? So, uh, so, so some, of the, some people that have never seen, never experienced, never heard of, never, uh, never had any, uh, any kind of... Uh, 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 experience with God when it comes to re- comes to revival and comes to the moving of His Spirit to them, this is the greatest thing they've ever seen in their in their whole lives, and it, it is quite a spectacle. It's it's quite a quite a thing to watch, especially the fact that God is doing it all over the place, and it's not being choreographed by a denomination or by one particular ministry or minister, but just spontaneously by the Spirit. Those that have heard the cry of the Holy Ghost and have had an ear to hear are bowing their hearts to the Lord Jesus. We're doing things here in these meetings that, we've, that, we're, that we're, we're not accustomed to doing because typically, man, we're, we're on it. You know, we're trying, to, we're trying to push. But you know what the Lord said? Come, come to the altar. Be still. Be still. And, and here's why he's telling y'all be still. Now, I'm, I'm about to unload. You ready? On, I'm, about, I'm about to unload. I'm about to do it right here. Uh, if, I had a, if this was the Matrix, I wish it was a Matrix. I could just plug you in and download it into you. Unfortunately, I got to get it through your ears. So here's what, I want. here's what I want you to understand. In this moment, God's trying to get us to capture a vision. God's trying to get us to capture a vision. Right now, God is casting vision to those who are, are responding to what his spirit is doing uh, in the earth. I, I did find out that God's not only doing it here in, in the United States, but he's doing this all over the world. So it's not unique to our nation. <clears throat> God 
is casting, you know, we, we hear pastors say, I'm going to cast some vision. We hear ministers say that. I'm not, I, I know what they're saying and I know what it means, uh, what they're trying to communicate. But um, we, we never, I don't think we ever take into consideration that there are times that God brings us to a point in our lives where he's casting vision for us to capture. You know, God, God can cast a vision, but if we don't capture it, we'll miss out on, on all that he really wants to do. Do you know it's not just what God is doing right now that he wants to do? That what, that what he's doing right now is only a precursor to what he promised us he would do? Listen, some of y'all that are sitting in this building, you've had dreams, you've had visions. The Lord has shown you, uh, uh, maybe not exactly, but at least he's given you a little bit of an idea of what the last day outpouring of his spirit is going to look like. The revival. And we reread about it. We, we see a picture of it in the book of Acts. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When we look through the book of Acts, we see these, these things that happened as God poured out His Spirit in the earth. We see a picture of what God intended for His church to be. They went to the gate beautiful at the hour of prayer. And a lame man jumped up and was walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. We see a bunch, of, a bunch of believers getting together and praying and seeking the face of God, declaring his word. And as a result of them praying, the place where they were assembled, shaking. And them being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, and they went from that place declaring the word of God with boldness. You know, right now, there's no going. Right now, there's just gathering. But see, there's, there's gathering. That's exact. Do you know that's exactly what God did with the early church? Do you, know the, do you know the picture that we're seeing right now is the exact pattern that God used in the New Testament and in the, in the early church? The first thing that Jesus did was he commanded that his disciples and his followers gather in the city of Jerusalem. In fact, go, go to the book of Luke. I didn't intend to take you here, but oh, <laughs> he's Jehovah Sneaky. Amen. He's tricking me. Uh, uh, the book of Luke, chapter 24, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you in the, uh, in something, in the Message Bible. I Now, I don't... I don't preach out of the message Bible. Sometimes I'll read out of it because I think it says some good stuff. It says, so this is Jesus just before he ascends into heaven. Look what he says to his disciples. He went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. This is verse 45. Luke 24, verse 45. We're going to read through 49. He said, you can, uh, he said, he's, he showed them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, you can see now how it, it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead, and on the third day, uh, rises from the dead on the third day, and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations starting here from Jerusalem. So he says, he says to them, now this is the mission. That's what he's telling us. Are you with me, Ted? That's what he's telling his disciples in this verse of scripture. This is the mission for you to go into, and I'll put it in King James uh, uh, translation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. 
And as a result of that, people's lives will be transformed. And it starts here in Jerusalem. That's why Jesus in Acts 1.8 said, uh, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem first. He said, so it'll start here in Jerusalem. And then he says this, you're the first to hear and to see it. You're the witnesses. Look what he says right here. This, 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 this is awesome. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised you. So stay here in the city of Jerusalem until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. So you know what you know what Jesus was saying? Yeah, I mean, listen, he rose from the dead. He appeared to them in this moment. This is after this is after his ascension and then he comes back. After he ascended, he comes back and he begins to give them instructions. You have a mission. This is the mission. Go and preach the gospel. Get people lead people into a life change. Be ministers of reconciliation. Reconcile man back to God. But I got to tell you, the most important thing that you need to do right now is you need to wait here until you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Until you receive power from on high. Are y'all seeing that? So before, before God ever sent his church into the world, he first sent his spirit into the church and not and not not sending he didn't just send his spirit into the church in some you know small uh, measure you know you know what the bible says those disciples did after that let's 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 read let's read the next few verses Verse 50 through 53, it says, He then led them out, to this, uh, out of the city over to Bethany, raising his hands, and he blessed them. And while he blessed them, made his exit being carried up to heaven. And they were on their knees worshiping him. They returned to Jerusalem, busting with joy. They spent all their time in the temple praising God. Y'all, I'm about to throw a shoe. Is, is, not, is, what's, is what's happening right now a picture? Isn't this a picture of what we're seeing happen right now? Right. Oh, yeah. See, God always starts. God always starts by gathering people together. God doesn't start by sending them out on their mission. He starts by gathering them together. And then you know what he does next? He, <laughs> he fills them with his spirit so that they get a different perspective and a different idea. That, you, know what he, you know what he did in those disciples uh, during that time that they waited uh, in the city of Jerusalem? Do you know, but between, between this time, uh, can I give you a little bit of church history lesson? This was a Bible study night, so we might as well study the Bible. <laughs> when Jesus told them this, there were over 600 of them that he was saying this to. But from this moment until the moment that the Holy Spirit was poured out in the measure that Jesus knew would be necessary to fulfill the vision in the way that God had planned, between that, that, the time that we just read and Acts chapter 2, when there came a sound from heaven, 
over 600 in, in, in uh, scholars believe it was between 50 and 60 days between these two times. In 50 or 60 days, over 600 people dwindled to 120. Here, here's what I want to tell you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Right, listen, church, right now, rejoice over all that is happening. But you cannot look at this with your natural eye. And you can't, listen, and you can't force anyone to see this with a spiritual eye. The only way people are going to see what God is doing is if they allow the Lord to draw them in by his spirit and they get a revelation for themselves. Listen, we're, we're coming to that point in time, church, where, and, and Nakia said it good. God, I think it was Nakia that said, man, maybe it was Ayla. I don't know, one of y'all just said it, but you talked about not striving. Listen, if you're going to strive, it's too little, too late. If, if you're just right now going to start, start really striving to try to give it, it's, it's too late. It's, it's too late for that. And so you've got, to, you've got to trust the Lord. You've got to trust that God is the God of his word, that what he said he will do. You know what? When, when you were born, God created you and he put you on planet earth and he designed you with a purpose. God isn't trying to figure out what to do with you now that you're alive, now that you've been born. When God created you, he created you and he, 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 uh, he, created you and he designed you to fulfill his purpose. Uh, and and y'all have heard me say this, but I, I think all these things are starting to come together. Maybe you can see how they all fit together and make sense. But when God created Tyler, you know, he, wasn't, he didn't... Uh, he, he didn't uh, look at Tyler after he was born and wonder, what am I going to do with this kid? God had a need, and he said, you know, I have this need, and I'm going to make me a Tyler to, to, to fulfill that need. So if, if, you're, if you're here today, and you're breathing in and out, and you're alive, God designed you for this moment. Did you all just hear what I said? So every doubt... Every bit of unbelief that you've carried from another season into this season, you, you have to be determined to eradicate it right now. Amen. Because you wouldn't be here right now if you weren't designed for right now. You wouldn't exist right now if God didn't create you for right now. You know what? There's some people, and I thank God for some of these folks. But I don't want y'all to pay it. Listen, if, if you're part of this church, if you're part of this house, and you have any kind of respect for anything that I've said and any, anything that I've seen by the Spirit. And I'm not trying to, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm a, this great prophet and, and you shouldn't listen to nobody else. But just, if I'm your prophet, listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. This will, what's going to happen in the days to come is not just going to happen with young people. There are some people that are saying, I see a great move of young people. Yes, amen. There's going to be a bunch of young people. But you know what? Did y'all read my post on Facebook of what the Lord showed me? I saw, I saw an army of evangelists. 
I saw God I saw God pulling them out of the backside of nowhere. People that have had a heart to win the lost and to see God. And listen, God put that, God put that vision and put that burden on their hearts. And you know what? When I looked at that group of people, uh, as I was looking at it, the first, the first thing that I did, the first thing we have a tendency to do as people is to try to figure out what differentiates those people from everybody else that's on them. We want to be able to look at something and say, oh, it's like those that are posting posts that say that when the um, chiefs, you know, someone had prophesied that when the chiefs, when the, you know, we like to, we like those kinds of things. We like to be able to look at something and say, that's a sign. You know, he said when the chiefs win the Super Bowl. He also said a whole lot of other stuff that was flakier than two girls. But anyway, but you know, we, we're, we're trying, I'm not, I'm not being ugly. Listen to me. I'm not being ugly. I've missed it. Anybody else miss it? But see, we, we've got to, we got to be careful. The reason I'm telling you this is that we've got to be careful that we don't look for the evidence of who these people are with our natural eyes. Because when I looked at these people in the spirit, you know what? They weren't just young. They were old. And, you know, in fact, one of the things that stuck out to me is there were some that were, there were some that were on walkers. There were some. Now, how long has it been since we've seen people hand out tracks? But you know what? I saw them with their little pamphlets in their hands, handing out tracts, carrying around their little Bibles. And it was young people and it was old people and everything in between. The only thing that made them look any different than anyone else is that they glowed with the anointing of God's spirit, that God's spirit was upon them. I reckon God's spirit was on them like he was upon those in Acts chapter two when the Holy Ghost fell and God's spirit was poured out upon them because those people had a fire. Amen. See, church, we've got to quit look. If we're, if we're going to receive what it is that God is doing, we've got to quit looking with our natural eye and trying to figure out about, listen, forget about Super Bowls. Forget about trying to figure this out in the natural. Every time men have tried to figure this out in the natural, they've messed it up. You know what we've, you know what we've got to do? We've got to do what Jesus said. What he said to these disciples, you know, I reckon the reason why some of those that, um, that some of those that, that were 600 in the beginning that turned into 120, I reckon that uh, those, those ones that drifted away probably drifted away because they got their eyes off of the reason why they were, why they were gathering together, why they were doing what they were doing. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. Guess what? If you go over there to that Asbury uh, Theological Seminary, we're going to have differences of ideas and differences of opinions uh, uh, with those professors, with those students. As a matter of fact, that, 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 that school that I said was down the road from the revival we went to, they, they condemned their students and told them, you know, don't go to, don't go to that revival there. But you know what? I, I would encourage, <laughs> Cedar Creek is what it's called. I, I'll encourage everybody to go to Cedar Creek. I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> we will differ 
in our theology, in the way that we believe about things with those people at Cedar Creek. And in some of these other places where God is moving by his spirit. What God's going to do is about to mess with some of y'all's doctrine. It's going to mess with your theology. Some of the things that prophets have prophesied, people are going to be shocked that God is not as carnal as some of these people have been. That God doesn't look on outward things as much as he looks at things inwardly. That God doesn't concern himself with appearance. But he concerns himself with the hearts of men. Is this helping anybody at all? Huh? See, they ga- God gathered them. They went into the temple because they heard the call of God. Jesus told them, hang out, hang out in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. You know, can I tell you something else? Oh, man, I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to stretch you all out today. Some of y'all are going to leave out of here so stretched out, you're going to be like, I don't know about this. Just, just chew on for it. You know, a lot of times we say, you know, we read in the, in the first chapter of the book of Acts, and it says that uh, the 12 were in an upper room. And in that upper room, they drew lots, and they picked somebody else. Of course, it wasn't God's choice, but they picked Matthias to take uh, Judas's place and talks about them. But do you know the Bible uh, goes on to talk about that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. We always assumed they were in an upper room. But you know, there's nowhere in that second chapter of the book of Acts that says they were in an upper room. It says they were all in one. Now, I'm, you don't have to receive this at all. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I don't believe they were in the upper room. You know, the, do you know what the upper room was? It was an upstairs bedroom in John Mark's house. How do you fit 120 people in an upstairs bedroom in John Mark's house? Number one. Number two. How do you, have, have you, you've been to the Holy Land, haven't you? No? Your dad has been to the Holy Land. I figured you'd at least made one trip. Anyone been to the Holy Land? Y'all have been to the Holy Land. Did, uh, uh, and I know they have, a, they take you to a place that they said is the upper room. It's not really the upper room. It's just representative of, but anyway, have you ever seen the streets uh, in, 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 uh, in, in the Holy Land? They're not exactly huge you can't get no 3,000 people. But do you know, Luke gives us an idea of where the day of Pentecost happened. They spent all their, did you see that? They spent all their time where? Can you put that up there, Joe? Let's see what, and they spent all their time in the, where? They spent all their time in the, they spent all their time in the, do you know why I believe that, that the day of Pentecost had such a great impact on the entire city of Jerusalem? Because it didn't happen in an upper room. It happened in the temple. Because there were 120 people all over in the temple that all of a sudden, while they're all standing there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And suddenly, 120 people out of all those thousands of people that had come to worship in that temple... All of a sudden, they began to burn with a fire and were set ablaze by the Holy Ghost. 
That's why there were people there that spoke different languages. That's why there was such a large crowd that gathered because they were there. Amen. Up to this point, those apostles, those disciples had been afraid to number themselves with Jesus. Now all of a sudden, there's a holy boldness. There's a fire that is in them that never existed before. See, that's why gathering is extremely important. Gathering, although it will break you, it's a part of the process. Anytime Jesus is getting ready to do something, I mean, think about it. The first thing you got to do is you got to get put in the hands. He can't do nothing with you unless you get put in his hands. He will take you. It's a picture of communion. Think about what Jesus did. Think about, think about the five loaves and two fish. Think about. The first thing he did was he took. The next thing he did was he broke. He takes, then he breaks. But after he breaks, he disperses. He takes, he breaks, and then he passes it out. Amen. He takes, and he breaks, and then he passes it out. Why, why is it that we, we feel a, a, a sense of brokenness? Because he's I am. You know, you know what a lot of theologians haven't figured out yet? You know, they, they're like, well, you know, he's I am, he's I am. Do you know what God was trying to say by I am when he said I am? You know what he was, you know, the, you know the main point he was trying to get across when he said that was his name? Here's the main point. He was, what he was saying is this, I am and you're not. Very simple. I am, you're not. So when he takes us and he breaks us, that's the place where we come to. We come to the place where we realize that he is and we are not. Oh boy, listen, I... I expected y'all would be more excited about this than, than you are, but I, I didn't do <laughs> And so he, pull, he pulls us in close to reveal his true plan, his will, to cast vision so that we can, God, God to, to, tosses his vision out there. Don't be one of the 500 or so that ended up leaving before it happened. Don't get distracted. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into carnal ideas and carnal thinking. Listen, listen don't, let, don't let people detour you. Even, even me, if I say something that ruffles your feathers, why in the world would you let something that I say keep you from entering into his... See, that's what, that's what shocks me. It shocks me that people will come and they'll, they'll be a part of a move of God, but the mo moment someone says or does something that uh, gets their drawers in a bunch, they're willing to abandon all that they see God do because of an offense. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, in, the, in the natural, in my mind, I guess, I could have taken offense, uh, an offense about Cedar Creek and gotten on, gotten on Facebook and prophesied and said, no, the Lord says Ichabod's written over Cedar Creek because they rejected revival back in 2011. And because thou hast rejected me, thou will miss out. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, anyone who will do what Jesus commands them to do, if they'll... Amen. Are you, are you hearing me today? 
I'm not so stupid as to believe that anything that we've done is big enough or strong enough or bad enough to keep God from doing what he always intended to do with this generation. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't sin enough to keep God from doing what he's going to do in this nation in these last days. These new shoes make you move forward, mama. Be careful. <laughs> Those that are asleep will awaken. Those that have been lethargic will be will be will be activated. Those who have been dormant. Listen, those that have been hungry and thirsty. You know what some people are doing right now? Some people are like, man, revival was my shtick. Revival was my shtick. Now all of a sudden, uh, what am I going to do? People are getting revived. You know what? That could, that could be in my mind. What am I going to do now? Everybody's getting revived without me. Now there's no use for my ministry. But you know what? That's only people that are, that are seeing this from one perspective. See, some people see this as... <laughs> some people think that what's happening right now is uh, all that God wants to do. If all you're seeing is what God's doing right now, you're behind. Say I was to walk through this building and I was invisible. You couldn't see me. The only evidence of you being able to see me is if I moved something or bumped into something or maybe I, you, you know, maybe you recognize my cologne. And I walk by and you're like, hey, hey, I smell him. Some people are like, ooh, he's moving here. Listen, I, I could come through here and knock over tables and knock over chairs and leave the scent of my, uh, of my cologne all over this building. And some of you be like, he's here. No, you just recognize where I was. See, God's people have been behind the curve. And when, and when you're carnal, you stay behind the curve. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know if I'm going to say this. I hope, you guys, I hope you guys can hear this, what I'm about to say. But there's a lot of people going to Kentucky. But by the time they get there, he ain't going to be there. He will have been there. You will still, you will still smell his cologne. There will still be a residue of his spirit working. There's even the potential for transformation. But see, God, God doesn't want us walking by sight. He wants us walking, amen, by faith. When we walk by faith, we, we, we tune ourselves to the spirit. And we move in the direction that he wants us to move. You know, when, when we see with spiritual eyes, we don't, we, don't look, we don't look and try to determine where God's at and what he's doing by what we see, but by how the spirit directs. And you'll always be ahead of the curve when you're seeing things by the spirit and not by what you see in the natural. Boy, I've not, I've not, I've not gotten to the point. 
but I'm, 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 working, this, I'm working this there. Is, is this helping anybody? Okay. I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask questions. That's all I could do every Wednesday. But I believe the Lord is gathering people, and he, these gatherings are happening because God wants us to capture a vision. He's releasing a vision, and we need to capture it. And so um, I talked about this one time before. I want you to, uh, you can write some of these down, things down. God created us to dream. He, he created us to imagine, to envision things. And so <clears throat> when we imagine, when we envision, when we dream, when it's a, especially when it's a God thing, uh, the things that you're seeing, the things that we're realizing in this season is how much God loves us. But not just how much he loves us, but how much he loves the whole world. And that, that's, what, that's, that's vision. Yep. Yep. That's right. the, the fact that this is what we're envisioning speaks to why the Lord is doing it. Why is it that every time God does this, that's the, that's the vision that we see? Well, because God loved the world so much he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. Amen. In fact, the Bible says this, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Do you know it's God's will for everyone to be saved? Isn't that, isn't that what that scripture says? It is God's will for everyone to be, now let me ask you this question, will everyone be saved? No. Do you mean God doesn't always get his way? Do you mean even though God has a will, his will isn't always fulfilled? Why? Well, because he gave man a free will. It is God's will for us to rise up in this hour, but it's not a guarantee. The fact that it's his will is not a guarantee. We as God's people have to align ourselves with his spirit. And, and, and the, way, the way that God will line us up with what he's doing is he will cause us to see with spiritual eyes what it is that he's trying to do. The, the reason the, the word continually encourages us to take our thoughts and capture them. In, in fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Just write that scripture down. We'll, we'll, we'll read it sometime. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, tells us about that. Oh, man, not, not, just, uh, not just there. I wonder if I wrote these others down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You know, uh, Jesus, Jesus told his disciples. Remember when uh, they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was? Do you remember that? Yeah. That whole thing that, that Jesus went oh, through yeah. with his life. They, sa they said, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this. He said, um, what did he say? You remember? He said, he said um, love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and then in one place, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then the other great commandment was love, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as you, love everybody else as you love your own self. Uh, to love one another. So think about this. Even Jesus the Bible encourages us to, uh, to take our thoughts and get them in order. Right. Oh, yeah. 
to get our thoughts and bring them captive into the obedience of Christ. So Jesus, when he said this, think about what he said. He said, love the Lord your God, how? With all your heart, with all your soul. What is your soul? Your what? One more time. So your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. And then what does he say next? All your mind. So he says mind twice. So this is essentially what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, will, and emotions, and all of your mind. Doubly love the Lord your God with your mind. In other words, make sure that, he's, that you give him control in the area of your thought life. Because it's in that area of your mind and your thought life that you envision the things that God wants you to have. So can you put 2 Corinthians chapter 10 up there, Joe? Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, someone want to read these verses for us? Do you, do you know the, where are we going to start at? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Yes. Amen. 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 That's good. So let me read it to you in the Amplified. It says, For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapon. In other words, we're not, we're not uh, dependent on our natural senses and our natural abilities to fight this battle that God's called us to fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. And here's the strongholds that he's telling us that the, these weapons overcome. Verse 5, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. In other words, we get control of, the, of, our, of our vision factory. And anything that doesn't align with uh, the vision that God's Word creates in us, we have to bring it down. We have to, uh, uh, King James says, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself and bringing every thought captive. Yes. Bringing every thought captive. So that word captive, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about capturing. Say capturing. capturing. So Scripture also says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 17, and be renewed in the, amen, be, not, uh, be renewed in the, in, the, uh, in the spirit of your mind, amen. Matthew twenty two thirty six 36 is that one scripture about uh, Jesus saying, I love the Lord with all your mind. We do that to prepare the soil of our imagination to capture the vision that God is trying to get across to us in the moment. You know, God, God, you may have started this thing, God's showing you one thing. But you might end this thing, God's showing you something totally different. When I, when I started out in ministry, God gave me a vision to be an evangelist. 
Then God gave me a vision to be a prophet. Now, I didn't want to be a prophet. God put a vision in my heart, and then he took away my ability to be an evangelist, and he threw me into a prophetic office. I didn't want it. In fact, when people, I had prophets and ever Jan Painter one time. I went, I went to go hear this lady named Jan Painter. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Jan Painter. Jan Painter's a prophet. And woman of God, love Jan Painter. Uh, I, went to, I went to hear her. I'd never heard her minister. And someone asked me to go and, and to, to, to meet her. And so I went, we went to this pastor's house. We went to have lunch. Jan Painter was there. Man, I sat down and I wasn't sitting there for 10 minutes before she, what do they call it? Before she, is it an Afghan? Yeah. Like a little blank? She pulled this Afghan off of the couch that I was sitting on. And she took and she whacked me with it. <laughs> she goes, she says, get ready, prophet. I thought, oh, dear God. <laughs> you know, to me, for me, there was too much stigma that came with that. Apostles, prophets, there's so much stigma that comes with those particular titles because of people that have been reckless in their uh, uh, in, in how they have handled those particular... And I didn't want any... I, I don't want any part of anything that uh, reeks of carnality in the flesh. And I was like, dear God. And then, and then she went off. She said, God... She said, prophet? God says this. And prophet, she went on and this and that. And she said, and today, you're going to leave here with an apostolic mantle. I was like, oh, dear God. She gave me a double whammy. And, and you know what? I left there, and I listen. I respect Jan. Jan and I have done, we we did meetings together. We've we've done, we've done lots of stuff together, and I respect her, and I believe she's the prophet of God. But that day, I was like, I don't receive that in the name of Jesus, because that's where I was at in the moment. That's where I was at. You know what I had to do? I had to take and bring every. Every lofty and every high thing and every argument and every philosophy and every little thing that I had erected in the spirit of my mind, everything that was against what God was saying and what God wanted to do had to be brought to the obedience of God. You know what? It didn't matter what I felt about it. Are you hearing me today? It didn't matter what my opinion was about. You know what? God didn't ask me what my opinion is. And God didn't base what he was saying to me on what stigmas existed in the world and in the church of those callings. You know, I left there and I went straight to Lansing, Michigan, to a Spanish church. Gil, you, you know and I know, and because y'all have been in Spanish churches, right? All right, so Spanish church is very different. Spanish church is very legalistic. Listen, they will put you on church discipline. They will do all. Listen, they are mean. Anyhow. But one thing you, one thing for a long time now, it's, it's changed now. But one thing you almost never heard in the Spanish church was anyone being addressed as an apostle. Now, it's, it's changed a little bit now. But back then, you, that, listen, they weren't about that. You didn't, have, you didn't have prophets in the Spanish church, and you didn't have apostles in the Spanish church. You had pastors, teachers, and evangelists, like most churches did for a long time. So I go to this church, and this church is a Spanish church. No hay Dios tan grande como tú. You know, I mean, it's a whole nine yards. And I'm there, and this guy who's there comes up to me, and he's like, <clears throat> starts prophesying over me in Spanish. Now listen, I was there incognito, Gil. I, I went in there looking just like this. 
I didn't have preacher written on me. I didn't have, I, this was before I started pastoring here, when, before we established this church, before we, before we planted this church. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't have no hair to slick back, so he couldn't get me because of slick back hair. I didn't have no hair to slick back. I didn't have a preacher. I went in there just on purpose because I was just going to church. I didn't want someone, you know, saying, oh, you minister. I didn't want them dragging me to the front like they do at some Spanish churches, making me sit on the platform and them giving me honor. I just wanted to sit in, and I wanted to worship God. I wanted to have church. And this preacher from, from Florida comes over and he looks at me and, and he starts, he's, he asked me in something in Spanish, and I responded in English. He made the assumption that I didn't speak or understand Spanish. So I tried to tell him, I said, I understand Spanish. But he had someone come over and interpret. Do you know what he began to say? You've been a prophet, but God's going to transition you out of the prophetic office and in, into an apostolic office. And he began to call me apostle. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> Church, God's trying to get you into his presence so that he can settle your mind. So he can get you to embrace and to believe things that you're not going to be able to embrace. And All this that's happening for us right now, you, you know what? I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what's happening to those kids at that college in Asbury. I, whatever, he's, whatever it is that God's doing in them, I thank God. Hell lost another one. Amen. Thank God. Whatever God's doing in those, those folks at Cedar Creek, I, man, I hope the whole world travels to these places and undergo the same kind of transformation that's happening with them. But I'm telling you as a word from, this is why I'm, this is why I'm sharing this with you today. I'm telling you as a word from the Lord, God's brought us to this place because there are some things that he wants to make sure that we don't carry into this next season that will hinder us from being and doing everything that he wants us to do. And we're being gathered just like they were gathered. We're all being gathered just like they were gathered when Jesus told his disciples, hang out here until you get so full of the Holy Ghost that you can fulfill the mission. So here's what you, here's what you can expect. Ca capture. Say capture. capture. Say it again. Capture. Say it one more time. Capture. I'm going to finish with this. The word capture has several different meanings. One, is, one definition is a process or means of obtaining and storing external data particularly images or sounds for use at a later time. <laughs> so we capture images through our cameras. We capture sound through microphones, recording devices. We capture these things for use later. That's, that's one definition. Second definition of capture is this. It can, be, it can also be defined as to take into one's possession or to control by force. But this is the definition I believe that we need to emphasize and focus on the most. The last one is this, to grab, to trap, or to take something that doesn't want to be grabbed or trapped or taken. To take to grab and to trap something that, does, that doesn't want to be grabbed, trapped, or taken. <laughs> that's, what, 
That's, that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 was talking about. Those thoughts don't want to be grabbed, trapped, or trapped. Some of you in a wrestling match with thoughts and ideas and philosophies that don't align themselves with Scripture, you are in an, inward, you are in an inner battle, and the battleground is in the spirit of your mind. And some of you believe that you're failing because you're in this battle with your mind. Listen, if you're in a battle, you're not failing. Most people aren't going to fight thoughts. Most people aren't going to fight those things. Listen, you're, gonna, you're in a wrestling match right now. And here's what the Bible says. That wrestling match, God has given you power from heaven to win that battle. Glory to God. We're not going to capture, take, or grab sitting by passively. See, some people, some people will take this, this moving of God's spirit as another opportunity to just get up under the spout where the glory comes out and to tie one on in the spirit. And they might as well go get themselves a couple of shots of Jack Daniels that's going to do them about as much good as a spirit in a bottle. Because if all you do is take this moment as an occasion for your flesh to feel better, then you're missing out on the point. God wants you to, number one, the first thing he wants you to capture and take by force in your life are the thoughts that have exalted themselves against what God is trying to get across to you about your life. Pastor Annie is wrestling. When I tell her, when I told her, first time I told her, I thought she's called to pastor this church. Y'all should have seen, listen, she, she pulled out her eyeballs and rolled them down the aisle. That's how much she rolled her eyes. Her eyes couldn't roll any more than what they did. I could tell that the thoughts that were in her mind wouldn't allow. What later became understood as being God's will and God's plan and God's promise. And it, and it wasn't until she took an active role. Are, are y'all hearing this today? Maybe y'all ought to go on a YouTube and watch some videos on people that capture snakes and alligators and capture a wild cats and capture deer. You know, some people that, that, you know, I watched an old boy that he tried to capture a cat and he came away, he came away scratched. That's not the environment that we want to put ourselves in. But you know what? It's the environment that is necessary. The first thing we have to capture are the things that want to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and against the purpose to which God called us. You know the other thing that we need to capture? We need to capture what it is that he's saying about us. Do you know when, when you begin to hear what God says about you, it'll be the most difficult thing for you to receive. You know why? Because you don't appear at all to be what he's telling you you are. When, when you realize what God told you, guess what? You're not going to have the ability to get it done. Because God don't call you to do what you can do. God calls you to do what is, what is impossible for you to do without him. Peter was a fisherman, not a preacher. But who was the first one after that, after that waiting? <laughs> after being still in his presence? After gathering, the moment the Spirit of God fell, 
the guy that was probably the least qualified out of the bunch. Ye men of Jerusalem, all ye that, <laughs> all ye that are dwelling here today. This, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the man. The, the, the man that had denied Jesus three times for fear that he, would be, that he would be killed along with Jesus. Now at the temple in the middle of all that was happening, rises up with the greatest boldness he's probably ever had in his life and preaches the first gospel message and wins 3,000 that day for the glory of God. Facing the possibility of persecution, torture, death. You know what? Finally, they did. Finally, they did kill him. He was martyred. And, and he didn't die in a way that any of us desire to die. I will tell you this. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't crying. I'm pretty sure he wasn't like, turn out the lights, the party's over. It's all over but the crying. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. There's a vision that God's casting to his people. You know what? It's not some of you, some of you say, what is it? What is it, Pastor Sig? What is the vision? Well, I'll give you the general vision. The general vision is this. Some of you, God called you to the office of an evangelist. When the prophetic and the apostolic came to prominence, evangelists that were truly called to evangelize left their callings to pursue what was popular and what the trend was instead of being faithful to God and remaining in their office and in their capacity. And those same people now listen, I'm not, I'm not, listen to what I'm saying. Remember I told you, don't get in the flesh. Well, I'm not, I'm not coming to get, I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture of, of, of what's going on in the spirit. You have to understand, I'm not condemning nobody. People, people, we all, we all jack things up. But then when the pandemic came, when COVID came, many of the people that were still trying to go forward with evangelism, Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you, have, when you have given your all, you have left all to follow him. And now all of a sudden, you don't have not one place you can go preach. Because nobody's having preachers. Now all of a sudden, you know, you got three kids, a wife, a house, two car payments. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. That is going to shake you up. So me and Cherie saw this because we, you know, we kept on traveling. Of course, I, I was still here at Winter's Church. We, we had the church, but I kept on. But here's what we saw. We saw evangelists take on uh, positions at churches. And, and they're still on staff at those churches. And they're no longer calling themselves evangelists. In fact, many people got away from even calling themselves just preachers. Now they're, now they're minister slash motivational speaker 
slash life coach slash whatever I got to do to be able to put groceries in the cabinet. What, what God didn't, what, what, what people didn't know is that God hadn't abandoned the evangelist. He pulled him back. There was something else he needed to do. And then the church got along and everybody thought, ah, you know, those evangelists, they really screwed things up. No, you don't understand. You don't get it. God, God took some evangelists and he did change their ministries and change their lives. But many abandoned their, their post because the environment wasn't accepting of them. Well, guess what? Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know God doesn't raise up prophets to win the lost? That's not how they function. Do you know God? Does, you know it wasn't the. You know it wasn't the apostles that went out and won the lost. It was people like Philip. What was Philip? He was a. Oh, really? The whole purpose of evangelists is to take the good news to the lost and, and to equip the saints and to activate the anointing in them for the ministry of reconciliation. This whole idea that the evangelist wouldn't be necessary for the last day outpouring of the Spirit is this very skewed uh, thinking. How did anyone think, how did any, what did people think revival would be all about? Revival would be all about bringing you to life so that God could do ultimately what he wanted to do, which is what, what he's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. Some will be called as ministry gift evangelists. Some, they'll be evangelists, and they'll go and win the lost, and they will also equip the church. But just like the prophetic provoked people to want to prophesy and declare things prophetically, the evangelist the, and the evangelistic anointing will provoke people to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So I'll tell you this, a part of what you're going to see and need to capture is a vision that sees everyone as having the potential of being born again. Muslim, Buddhist, Pentecostal. <laughs> Some of them need born again too. They came out of a Pentecostal home. Amen. So that's, that's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to tell you today, is that we've, we've, got, to, uh, we've, we've got to be on the lookout. Amen. And we, we don't want to, listen, we don't want to think. Here's the thing. Don't think. Maybe you don't like what I'm saying. That's okay. You'll get over it. It'll be all right. Okay. Just get in his presence. Well, I don't agree. That's okay, too. You know what? 
You have every right to, to disagree. If, you get, if you're getting your drawers in a bunch and it's making you, oh, you know, I don't think I'll ever hear you. Just get in his presence. You'll be okay. It'll be okay. Guess what? You know what? If, 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 let's say I'm wrong. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do whatever the Lord's commanded everybody to do anyhow. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to find out I was wrong. But I'm going to tell you right now. This is, I didn't start saying this yesterday. Three months after I got born again at 15 and a half years old. It was the message that God put on my heart. I've always preached it. I've always told everyone. I've always declared it. In fact, I've been on uh, TBN about six times. Um, the very first time I was on TBN, I, had the, I have the video of it. very first time I was on TBN, I was watching it. You know what I was talking about? This right here. Second time I was on TBN, I have a video of it. I was talking about this right here. I have a video of my second revival. You know what I was talking about in that revival? What I'm talking to you about right now. And if you were created for this time, then you will be affected by what I'm saying. Stand up all over the place, will you? <clears throat> thank God, thank God, thank God. How many of you will, will, how many of you will be like Isaiah and allow the Lord to undo everything that's in you in order to in order to be called and sent to do his will. You know, the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. The Bible says he, <laughs> there was an angel that took a coal off the altar and touched his lips with fire, <laughs> told him your iniquity is taken away, your sin is purged. And Isaiah said, I'm undone. I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. See, that's that taking. That's the breaking. Right? Isaiah was there. God took him by putting the fire on him. God broke him. He realized, I'm undone. But then God went to, he was undone, Cherie realized he was a man of unclean lips and dwelt in a people of unclean lips. But you know what? God didn't say, you're right. Come on. God didn't look at him and say, yeah, and when you straighten out, maybe I can do something with you. No, once God took him and broke him, he said this, he said, who will I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah responded with this. <laughs> a moment ago, a moment ago in the story, he's undone. In fact, he may still be just taking in a breath from the statement of saying, I'm undone, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the people of unclean lips. And then God says, who will we send? Who will go for us? And he takes in a breath from having made that statement. <gasps> Hear my Lord. The very next words out of his mouth are, Hear my. Send me. <laughs> See, that's, 
That's what we, that's what we are, that's our prayer, that's our hope, that's our desire, that's where our faith is. So Lord, may we hear the cry of your heart, may we hear the drawing and, and respond to and be obedient to uh, your spirit. You know, I haven't done this in a long time, but I feel like I need to lay my hands on y'all. I want to pray for you. I want y'all to come. If you, if you want to receive prayer, I want to pray for you. I want to lay my hands on you and pray that the same anointing and the same spirit. That, and, and again, I'm, 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 I wouldn't do this unless I sensed in my heart, unless I sensed in my heart that this is what we needed to do. But I'm going to pray that the same anointing and the same spirit that we've been encountering here, God's, gonna, God's going to anoint you in a greater measure to take what we've been experiencing here and take it out there. Not, not, just to, not, not just for the purpose of doing ministry, but just that your whole life will, that, that the, the environment, the atmosphere of your life will be impactful and touch people everywhere you go, as well as your words. And that men will be drawn to that place of a greater passion and a greater desire for him. Because you've been in his presence and because you've been in his presence, his presence rests mightily upon you uh, to take that same anointing, that same presence to others. And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that, and I'm just, I'm doing this out of obedience to you, Lord. And I'm praying that as hands are laid upon these, Annie, come help me, will you? As hands are laid upon these, Lord, we're hungry, we're thirsty. We're both hungry and thirsty. Lord, you said, blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. And so, Lord, we're praying that today, there be an infilling of the Spirit. In the most keche prefe. All right, y'all, lift up your hands and say, Here am I, Lord. Amen. Lord, here they are. And so, God, as we lay our hands upon them, Now, in the name. Anamosi Barisadea Ho Harisabongle Parasabona Manje Korosabongle Cheredrieta in the name of Jesus. Now ho Delesa Ho Namanje Ho Tareso Karasabone Ho Ramanje Mengle Marasabona Now Horesa Pala in the name Ho in the name Tanamasi Barusheda in the name of Jesus. Delebriesa. In the name of Jesus. Now. Horosapone. Barasabonglechia. In the name of Jesus. Horosabon. Galazagejavona. Now. Halagorosa. Halabronea. Horosabongle. Haranochea. Horosabone. Maradoreche. Halabrahisa. Horondongelinjenge. Marasondono Morobo. In the name of Jesus. 
now for the glory of God now in the name of Jesus 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 solo brosera now in the name of Jesus 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 now, for the glory of God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. For your glory, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Everyone of y'all got targets on your life. God is targeting you. Woo! God is targeting you. Celebre Esa. Now in the name of Jesus. Come here, Joe. Oh, God. Now in the master, in the name. Tembrande de marafrietai. For the glory of God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank God. Thank God. Now let's take a moment and let's rejoice. Let's thank God for all that he's done for all that he We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor in Jesus' name. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Be lifted up, Jesus. Be lifted up, Jesus. 
Be magnified. Be glorified. Be exalted, Lord. Be exalted, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Thank God. There's a healing river flowing through here. Listen, reach, reach out and receive your healing in Jesus' name. Reach out and receive it right now. Every sickness goes in Jesus' name. Every disease. Every baby, every little one, healed in Jesus' name. For the glory of God. Every child, every mother, every father, every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter. Every grandmother, every grandfather. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. We stand on my bra. We step in today in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. For the glory of God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. Whew, how many of you received this today? Thank God, thank God, thank God. Amen. 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 Let's be ready for all that he's going to do. You know, there, this, these, these times that we come together, there'll be nights where we do nothing but pray. I mean, you'll come up in here and it'll be just, we'll have our faces buried in this carpet. It's happened already. We won't do nothing and there won't be anybody, you know, maybe leading it. And, and someone may come put their hand on you, but, or whatever, but, and then there might be nights we'll come up in here and it'll be nothing, it'll be nothing but praise and worship. Then sometimes be like tonight. God will set a word in someone's heart and it'll be released and there'll be a teaching or a preaching. <laughs> Heck, there might be nights, there, you know, prophecy flows, healings. Well, we've gotten together and got drunk in the Holy Ghost. I mean, I was wrecked right there. Y'all remember that? Man, I got wrecked right here. And you got wrecked with me, didn't you? Well, we all got wrecked that night, didn't we? We needed designated drivers. We don't, listen. Whatever he wants to do, we're going to let him do it. Amen. Amen. But I'm not going to dictate what he, I'm not going to tell him what to do. We, maybe one day he'll let us, he'll, he'll say, he'll say, command me. And then we can tell him, you know, okay, God, this is what I'm looking for. You know, he's told me that before. I went to a meeting in Pella, Iowa. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, Lord, I want you to wreck all these people. They wouldn't even stand up to praise and worship. That's how dead the church was. That night. 
I had them all come forward. They had never had an encounter with God. Those people hadn't, they hadn't, they had never had an evangelist in that church in, in uh, 25 years. I was, their, I was their first evangelist in 25 years. In fact, I told that pastor, I said, are you sure you want me to come? You haven't had someone in 25 years. Maybe you need someone else. He said, no, we, we want you to come. We feel like the Lord said it. So in the morning, Brandon, they wouldn't even stand up to sing. They sang sitting. It was, it was like a, I was reminded of, of being the Catholic church. I was waiting for them to put out the little things to, to kneel on. But that night, that, that night, that first night, the Lord said, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to wreck them, Lord. It's in Pella, Iowa. I just called them all forward. I didn't tell them what was going to happen. I just called them all forward. I said, y'all come up here. They all came up. I said, now y'all join hands. Everybody join hands. Amen. They all joined hands. I said, I'm going to lay my hands on this one right here. And when I do, everybody's going to get it, y'all. Everybody's going to receive. Are you? They, they didn't know. They didn't know. <laughs> I, laid my hands. I laid my hands on that one person. And the fire of God hit the whole place. All the, every one of those people laid out under the power of God till 3 a.m. We had, you know what? By, by Wednesday night, Andrew, I had a prophecy. This is a church wouldn't even stand up. I had a prophecy. And in the prophecy, the Lord said this. He said, the time has come for you to run, to run, run, run. Now, he wouldn't, I didn't think the Lord was saying that in the natural. But do you know every one of them people jumped out of their chairs? There were 200, there were 200 people that had been dead and dried. They were twice dead and plugged up by the roots. But on a Wednesday night, they all started running around that church as I prophesied run. I had to get out of the way and watch these people. They ran for 15 minutes. Some of them were passing out, not from the Holy Ghost. They were passing out short of breath, but they were going to run because God said run. Amen. Sometimes God will tell you, what is it that you want me to do? But right now is not that time. So we'll come together. We'll do what he wants us to do here. So we're back here tomorrow. I'm back here tomorrow. If you, if you want to join me, join me. I encourage you, if you want to bring someone with you, bring them. I, I, honestly, I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. I'm not really... I'm not really if I had my brothers, which I don't usually get, I'd, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather this, I'd rather be experiencing this all by myself, but, um, but it's us. And if, and if God, and if God brings, you know, 200, we can only, we know we can only fit 220 people in here. So, but if he brings 220 people, we will we'll welcome them. We'll welcome them, but that's not what, what we're looking for. Uh, we're just looking for him uh, to keep doing what he, what it is that he's doing. So I love you. Go in his presence before you leave love someone because you do. I'll see many of you back here tomorrow in the name of Jesus. Don't mess with these people that are on the floor. <laughs>